everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Holding Court Podcast. This week, we are talking all things All-Star Game, where we cap the Home Run Derby and everything in between, and we'll even share who we ran into in Aspen. All coming up right now on Holding Court. Hello there. Hi. Do you have a good break? Ish. Yeah. It went it went pretty well. It was uh you know, obviously exciting to spend a couple days of it in Denver. And I know. then Yeah, it was a shortened break, but it made it feel longer, especially opening up the second half in Denver and spending a full week in Colorado. Yes, our entire last week was at very high (laughs) altitude. Yeah, it's good to be back at sea level. I went from being a very sad Sally in regards to the altar, all-star, in the (laughs) all-star. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? I don't know what that was. Wow. Um, With the all-star game, I was very, it was like a really bad turn of events when you were in D.C. You were in D.C., and I had just got to Miami and expecting like a very positive news day. And then it ended up you get smoked in the face and wow. you also didn't make the all-star team. So yeah. I just went right to the bar <laughs> to deal with it. Yeah, you stole my thunder. I was going to say I, I got called into the office Sunday morning. Into the principal's office. Yeah, to dock and was expecting to... Fully expecting to receive good news, and um, you know, he told me that I didn't make it, which was tough, obviously, and I was frustrated, and I wasn't playing that day anyway. So I sat on the bench and watched the game, and uh, you know, it came up in the ninth inning where you know there was they needed a pinch hitter, and they actually said that they were going to use one of our pitchers <laughs> because I think they knew I was not in a great mood. What? And, uh, I was like, I literally was like, are you kidding me? Like we have enough guys like injured right now, pitchers, like we're going to, we're not going to send a pitcher up there to get hurt or get smoked by a pitch. You're like, I'll get smoked by this pitch. I was like, I'm, I was like, I'll take the at bat and I go up there and first pitch I get smoked in the head. <laughs> so I it just, was just a cherry on top for the day. I don't know if it was bad. I feel like if I was at the game, it probably would have been worse seeing it because at least on tv you get they give you 400 replays you get to see it over and over again but when it first happened so full disclosure i'd got into miami and you weren't playing so i went and worked out that morning and that was the day where the game was it was like very baseball and breakfast i think it was 11 a.m right Uh, or was it 11 that yeah like eastern time so yeah i think it was 8 a.m la time so I went and worked out and then I was like, okay, I'm just going to lay down. And usually you'll come into games. I feel like it's rare that you don't come and pinch hit in a game. And so I was kind of like dozing in and out, like in bed. (laughs) And I woke up and did the like (laughs) with my eyes and I saw you were coming up to hit. And I was like, oh my gosh, perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect. For me to see you. <laughs> and honestly, on TV, you really can't tell. And that's with a lot of like hit by pitches. I'll be like, oh my gosh, it hit him on the elbow. And then I watch it back and it's like tricep or whatever. And that was not fun. And it felt like it was so long. Like it was like when you were on the ground, I feel like the world stops. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. And then you came up and I fully expected it to be similar to like when Kevin Plar got hit and he comes up and you just like see blood. And so you came up and I was like, what the heck? Like, Oh my gosh. And you're like, phew. But then I just start shaking just like having that reaction. And I have to say props to Dave. He still has (laughs) those Boston wheels getting over to you in a hurry. Yeah. It was beautiful to see. You got out there quick. Obviously, (laughs) uh, you know, Austin Barnes, I know Austin Barnes got hit in the head earlier in the game. Uh, and you know, everyone came He's literally like out. the cop in Terminator when he would get shot in the shoulder and he just like throws his shoulder back and just like keeps walking towards you. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like doesn't get faced by it. <laughs> like that's fully it. 
Yeah, it's scary in the dugout when you see a guy get hit in the head. I mean, I think everyone kind of just freaks out and obviously, you know, whatever trainer's in there and usually the manager are the first ones out there. And I just got, I got lucky. It, it got a little bit of my shoulder before it hit my ear flap. Your and then it like also like popped. my ear flap went into my sunglasses and then my sunglasses flew off. So, um, yeah, I got... I got pretty lucky. And I don't wear the, like, the face guard thing. I don't like that. Yeah, like Jason Hayward. Where I feel like Jock wore it to, like, be cool for a moment. What was it? Yeah, I mean, Kike wears it. And he actually, a couple weeks ago, got hit, like, in the jaw part of it. And he literally texted me and was like, you should, you need to wear this. (laughs) And I just don't. It's just hard to change. Yeah, Yeah, like, once you're so used to what you have and equipment-wise, I feel like it's really hard to make a change where it's, I don't know. I mean, it's smart, obviously, after watching that. I might encourage you to <laughs> reconsider. I don't know. Or at least maybe certain pitchers where they're a little wild. But Yeah, I just you just don't expect to get hit in the head. That's yeah. Just, I mean, it doesn't matter how you chop it up. You don't expect to get hit in the head. And I got lucky again. That's not the first time I've been hit in the head. That's like the fourth time I've been hit in the head. And um, so far, been good every time. Thank knock, you. Knock that is actually solid wood on our dining room um, table. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I had a little bit of a sore jaw and my ear rang for about a minute or two. But once I got out out to first base, I was like, "All right, I'm fine." But I'm still pissed off. But <laughs> so you were in the basement that day, and then a couple of days went by. It was very. I feel like normally the All Star Game, there's announcements as players drop out and they did it kind of differently this year. Normally it'll say, okay, this guy goes on the IL. This is who's replacing them. And there was almost kind of this fear of they weren't going to replace guys at a certain point because they waited pretty much till the last possible minute to announce everyone at once. And then even after that, they still had to make a few more replacements. Yeah, so we played our games in Miami, traveled back home. Um, We had a series against the Diamondbacks, and I believe it was Saturday night, um, myself. Friday night. Was it Friday night? Yeah. Oh, it It was was Friday night. It was Friday night. They announced it officially Saturday. Uh So Friday night, um, getting ready for the game. It was me, Muncie, CT, and I think Belly were in the cage. Um, it was like 640, 645, like hitting off the machine, trying to get ready. And Doc came into the cage, which he never comes into the cage. So we all kind of like looked at him like, what's going on? And, and he just goes, hey, uh, he looked at Muncie and, and CT and was like, hey, you guys are going to have another guy go with you to the All-Star game. And then he looked like, at me. Unfortunately, <laughs> that guy is not on our <laughs> roster. But <laughs> He looked over at me with a big smile and then everyone got fired up and, and Rob Enskoyich and Brownie and, and Bates and them were down there too. So everyone was excited as well as myself, um, obviously. And I had to go out in the field, so I didn't even get to really tell you. Um, I maybe or, or may not have <laughs> snuck you in a... A text message. It was late. Yeah. It was definitely late. Uh, you kind of give me the reputation of the late one in aspects of our life. You might be the tardy one in a few of these situations. Yeah, but really this, put this the was, this, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> you like intentionally <laughs> try to be late to make things more spicy in your life. I, I don't like being late. I would prefer to do it normal because oh. uh, having two days to... Uh, scramble and get everything ready to go to Denver and then the all-star break and then open in Denver. That's, that was not fun. But let the record show that when you came home from the game on Sunday and we had an hour to get to the airport to leave for the all-star game, whose bags were zipped up at the door with my little wide brim hat over the top ready to go to Colorado. You were first. I I had one bag packed. Which I'm even still very surprised I, I can't. I could not believe it when I called you on the way Did home. Did you think they you were, were empty like, and ready. it was a dupe? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I'm packing. I'm putting my stuff in right now. I did I still when got you a shower. Me. I still, <laughs> when you called I me, like, I was like, oh, oh, I'm just packing up. And you're like, I'm my Lord. exiting the freeway. Um, But yeah, I still had to come back. And I had all my 
clothes laid out on a suitcase, but I had to actually like put it in the suitcase. So I was the one scrambling. And then it turned out we didn't even have to scramble because there was like a delay at the stadium and the buses going to the plane ended up being like delayed like 40 minutes or something. (laughs) So we got to the airport super early and we were on the plane all by ourselves. And that was kind of the theme of the trip, you being on on transportation by yourself. <laughs> right. I honestly didn't know what to do with myself. I just started walking the aisles and like doing like high kicks and like I didn't know how to handle myself and I couldn't sit down. Yeah. I spilled your refresher with my ass. You did <laughs> spill my refresher, which was very, very, we had time to, we had enough time that we got to stop at Starbucks on the way <laughs> and Court got a coffee and I got a refresher and I picked up Max a refresher because he loves those. Um, I'm sure you've all seen them in me. Sue's like pregame. Yeah, I think every photo that Sue's ever taken of Max walking into a stadium, he has a refresher in his hand. Um, but yeah, I set it on the armrest and then Courtney turned around and her but knocked it off and spilled the entire thing. I think I got one sip out of it and it was devastating. And then you were on the ground with like paper towels, like scooping up fresh berries and ice. Into yeah, because <laughs> I didn't want my shoes to be all sticky. And so I'm like, have a towel and paper towels. And I'm like trying to Max wipe Max hadn't up. drank his yet. Did you think about being like, bro, I'm actually going to need that refresh? Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I, would. I wouldn't do that. But the flight, <laughs> the flight was crazy because, you know, we... We chartered a United plane, which I expected because our whole coaching staff was going. And usually a couple of people from uh, ownership or front office travel with us. So we get on the plane. And I'm thinking, all right, the coaches, you know, the players, a couple owners will be on there. And then just buses and buses and buses of people just start unloading onto the plane. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know any of these people. And everyone's just looking around like, who are these people? What's going on? And come to find out, um, since the All-Star Game is in LA next year, uh, a whole mass of people um, went to Denver to do... Kind of like research. Recon, I guess. And... What Kinda, they do and what they can do better. <laughs> yeah. So we had, I mean, we probably had a hundred people total, a hundred yeah. on the plane. It was, it was wild. Um, yeah. It's normally very intimate when we went in yeah. 2017, I want to say it was maybe 12 people. Yeah. It was very small. So that was cool. So Little I guess, friend. I guess the good news is we can expect big things. They're already, um, deep diving into <gasps> all-star game activities there's the pup. I think you heard him. Um, they're <laughs> deep diving into all-star game activities and planning it out and trying to make it uh, obviously as special as possible. So I'm um, looking forward to seeing what goes on next year during the all-star break. Well, they've had a lot of time to plan and think about it. So <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I wonder how much, I wonder how far they got before they shut it down. And I wonder if they are like changing stuff now that they went to Denver. I know that in, I know the year before it was in Cleveland, I think. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was kind of the same thing. They sent a bunch of people to Cleveland to kind of see it. So yeah, it seems forever ago that they revealed the logo. I know. For the all-star game. Yeah, it was, it was like four years ago. No, was it three, three two. 19. I think they did in 19. Yeah. Two years. Just seems like. No, I mean, 18, so much maybe. has happened. I, I don't, don't even know. Wow. Anyways. It's a lot. It's a lot. When we get into Denver, it's obviously a little bit of a process. It's kind of cool, though, because it's like almost showing up at like summer camp and you see a bunch of people, you know, well, I guess, you know, all of them ish or, you know, some of them or, you know, of all of them. But well, it's still weird. And I, you know, I've heard fans say this a lot. Like they like, oh, my God, you look so different out of uniform. And it's kind of the same thing. Like when you walk into the lobby and obviously there's all-star game signs and everything and it's cool, but like you see other players that you're like, I'm pretty sure that's who it is. But like seeing them out of uniform, like we don't see guys on the other team very often out of uniform. Right. So there's a lot of times where you're like, ah, I think that's so-and-so, but like you don't want us to be like, Hey, and call them the wrong name or something. So, well, you also um, see a young person in the elevator and you just are like, Oh, who is this? And one, one time I think you ran into like a trainer from another, like you can just, I don't know. I feel like you just assume 
I was the trainer from the Rockies and his family. I was like, oh, who are you guys here for? And he's like, I'm actually the trainer for the Rockies. And I was like, like, oh, I will see you tomorrow. I I was like, oh, so uh, Neil text you. I got some (laughs) stuff I got to get done. And he's like, yep, we're going to laser. We're going to do all this stuff. So, yeah. um, But I think everyone should have to wear a badge and say their name and their affiliation. That's the crazy part, too, is like the elevator rides. It's always a mystery. Like who's going to be on the elevator with you? Like one time I I was on with Bassett. Um, another elevator ride I was on with Vlad senior. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that. The one I was by myself on that one. I yeah, think I was going me. down to get a key maybe, or <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Um, but yeah, it's just so much, it's so cool. Like all the people who are there and, and running into random people and they have obviously the big room for breakfast where you can go in and you're seeing people come in and out and it's just, uh, the whole event's cool because it's just a mashup of the entire league and you get to see so many people that you don't normally get to see off the field. It's similar to the union meetings, but on, I don't want to say on steroids, but it's similar to the union meetings. Except there's freedom. <laughs> and no steroids. Well, there's ne- never any steroids, but. Well, that is a topic every year. <laughs> it's it's true. a union meeting, so. Yeah, and yeah, even eating like in the breakfast room or going through the gifting suite or the little coffee bar they have, like it's like a who's who of major league baseball. Yeah, no, it, it's, it was obviously an awesome experience. And I think that everyone asked like, what's the best part? And, and just like the running into different people and the little conversations, um, not about baseball, I think are the best part of it. Well, you are obviously a part of major league baseball, but you're a fan of other players as well and not just guys that are on your team. Obviously you vote, you voted for players for the all-star game and you vote for, I want to say what awards do you vote for at like the end of the year? We obviously admire other players. So you almost kind of have to, I don't know, like fan out at this event, but you admire other guys. So to see them in person has to feel kind of cool. Yeah. We, we do get to vote for like, MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, okay. stuff like that. Um, I don't know what it means or what award it is. It's not <laughs> like the actual one. I think it's like the Players' Choice Awards or something. Um, but we also get All-Star Game votes. Yeah. And um, the All-Star Game votes matter. Um, obviously, the starting nine are voted in by the fans, but the reserves are usually voted in by peers. So um, that's that's where our votes count. And you get to see, you know, we only vote for the National League, though. We don't vote for the oh, American okay. League. So um, you get you're like, see. I watch so much quick pitch. I can vote for everyone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you get to see some of the guys that, that you voted for uh, in the game. I didn't tell anyone who I voted for. But you told me a few. I did tell you a few. I approved. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So you have to get, was there anyone that you were kind of like peeping around the hotel hoping to see or more? I feel like it's cool to see like the legends, like Griffey, like that's cool to see. Yeah, I saw Griff on the field. Um, like I said, I, sh- I rode the elevator with Vlad Sr. I told him I was disappointed that I wasn't going to get to watch Junior in the home run derby. And he kind of laughed and was like, no, 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 no. He's doing too good right now. He doesn't doesn't need to hit in the derby, uh, <laughs> which I agree with. And then, you know, he did hit a home run in the game that went oh right. It was very goodness. home run derby-esque. It went pretty far. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was cool to see him uh, do that. Um, but, yeah, the, there were so many people. I You know, Hunter Pence, I did an on-field interview with Hunter Pence. Oh, yeah. Um, who else was out there? Obviously, Spielborgs was there, um, you know, because he's the host for the Rockies anyway in radio and stuff. So, so many old players. Yonder Alonzo was out there on the oh, carpet. Yeah. and. Obviously, you know, he's Manny's brother-in-law, um, so he... Jeopardy is, trivia. Yeah, he's been around uh, the game a lot, and I actually came up playing with him in the Reds organization, so I've known Yonder for a while, um, which makes his job a lot easier to go around during batting practice on the carpet and pull guys aside because, you know, he kind of has the credibility of being a player. Um, but no, it was cool, I think... The one, the other interesting thing that came up during batting practice, and I don't even know if like you noticed from the stands or people noticed on TV, but they actually had the whole home plate circle and the baselines had purple dirt. It wasn't like normal dirt. It was like purple. 
It I was didn't literal, notice that. Literally purple, like, rock dirt. Although my eyeballs were singed from the flames that they decided to, like (laughs) the pyrotechnics of the home run derby. Like it wasn't hot enough, right? And I was so, I think I was 30, was in like row 33, maybe above the home dugout, which was interesting to see you on that side. Because normally, obviously you're in the visitor side. And I'm thinking if I'm, I was sweating, first of all, sweating. I think I was eating, what's I eating? maybe a hot dog and french fries. And it was radiating heat on me and I was just sweating so much. And then they do the pyrotechnics for everyone to come out and just this blast of heat. And I'm thinking, A, I'm thinking if I'm this hot, how hot is Justin? And then I'm thinking, B, why is Justin wearing a hoodie? I thought like I was, I was very, it was like very Bill Belichick moment and I was a little concerned, but... Yeah, so when we got there, I, I was in uniform from like, I don't know, what time did we go to the field? Like one o'clock. I yeah. Think. So I was in uniform at one o'clock, like full uniform, like doing all this stuff and then batting practice and, you know, doing everything. And it came time from the derby and I was just like, gosh, I, I don't, I got to take this jersey off. I've been in it for like five hours. And so I was like flipping through in the locker and it was like, T-shirt, T-shirt, T-shirt. And then there was this little like short sleeve, like light hoodie. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just put that on. I'll be good. You didn't think of the light T-shirt? Nothing? Yeah. No. Well, I didn't <laughs> think I was going to be in Disco Inferno <laughs> for the intro. <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even without the flames though. It was And you're always wild. warm. So yeah. I was. Yeah, it was a regrettable choice. I should have wore the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I think they assumed it was going to be a little different temperature in Denver maybe when they scheduled the pyrotechnic well, show. They could have done a little snow show or something for something for Denver. Yeah, I don't know. But the derby. The derby. The derby was fun. Who did you have as your favorite? Or like I always pick the underdog, so. On it, I my underdog, my sleeper, I thought Salvador Perez was going to sneakily win it. But the bracket did kind of mess up a lot of guys because he had so many and if he was facing four well, of the other guys yeah in the first round i i didn't look at the matchups but i think salvador perez had the second most homers like in the 28 first or something right or second th- most homers in the first round and got eliminated yeah like that i think there, just, there shouldn't be i don't think the first round should be matchups yeah i think i agree all eight guys you hit and then the top four guys move on and then you get paired up god i would love to go eighth in that first round and be like okay who? yeah you just know how many you have to hit that's what's tough is going first is you just have to just go and go and go and go and go and it's so nice if you're second and you just pass and you have that extra time and you don't need i think most guys though did need to use pretty much all of their time in the bonus time to pass yeah like it came down to the wire because some people were getting in little ruts or some guys would get on hot streaks late after it looked like they were going to be fully eliminated. So Yeah, so I'm not fully accepting my L on my Salvador Perez okay. sleeper pick because he did have the second most homers in the first round. And then I thought that uh, I thought that Gallo was going to hit the furthest home run and uh, he didn't. <laughs> there were some... Mo- <laughs> There is, there's always a few things. I assume the rule is that the ball has to land before the next pitch is thrown. They really don't let that happen, or is it even a thing? Because if not, why aren't they just going and going so and going? They and change going? the rule, and I guess like if it's so, Pete Alonso was, I mean, if you couldn't tell, was super into this home run derby. <laughs> he was vibing he for like, sure. He like Bob Guerin the rules. He like studied at all the rules and knew everything. And he was trying to explain it to us while he was foam rolling for like three hours getting ready for <laughs> uh, the derby. But I guess like if it was the only time they had to wait is if it was a questionable homer or not. So there could be like a ruling on the field. Okay. So like if it was a no doubter and the the umpire behind home plate like knew it was a no doubter. He would like point and say, go ahead. And if it was a no doubt, not a homer, the umpire would point and go ahead. So he would just wait for his tosser. What are they called? The BP thrower. BP thrower. Yeah. So it was the marginal ones like, oh, not sure if that's going to be a homer. I think that they had to like wait for it to land and then they can throw the next pitch. But 
I think that screwed Jock a few years ago because he was playing by the rules. And then in the very end, he was it like, was, okay, no that one's was against Vlad. Yeah. He was like, okay, no one's listening to this. So yeah, let's go. Why um, do I think it was against Todd Frazier? Oh, maybe it was Frazier. No, maybe know. that was another one. I think he's done it twice, right? I thought it was against Vlad and I thought they miscounted Jock's home. They also were counting some late. I think it was one of the Otani rounds where they counted the very last one and it was after and it made them tie. Yeah. To the point where I would have just been like, honestly, I think I didn't have that one. Like, I'm going to sit out. There was, I was gassed watching it. I can't even imagine how those guys felt, especially in Colorado, not being adjusted to the altitude. I, I was tired walking up 10 stairs to go get food. I do have, I do have an enormous spoiler because they made a big deal out of this. In the middle of Otani's round, he got a phone call. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, Mike Trout called Otani. It was not Mike Trout. It was actually Albert Pujols. <laughs> Albert called him in the middle and told him to stop trying to pull the ball <laughs> and hit the ball to the middle of the field. I think he was probably trying to do that. Do you remember? <laughs> no, he looked like he was just trying to yank homers like as far as he could. And remember, well, his, I mean, like, the first, first minute 12, and a half, yeah. he like pulled every single ball foul. I know. And I was Albert so sad him. thinking it was going to be a Puig 2015. When was that? 2014 or I something. Yeah, that I was so know. sad. But Albert called him and told him to stop trying to pull everything. And like, dude, you have like juice to left center, like hit the ball to the middle of the field. And I, I mean, I don't know if it worked or not, but he took off and started hitting a bunch of homers after that. Albert just changing lives, inspiring everyone. Yeah. And they tried to give all the credit to Mike Trout. And it wasn't Trout. Well, you brought up Otani, so I feel like we have to talk about what was said. Yeah. About, I think it was a week ago, on one of the ESPN morning shows, First Take, um, Stephen A. Smith made some comments about Otani. And I don't know, I'm sure you have many thoughts on these. Basically said Otani, who's a Japanese-born Major League Baseball sensation. Um, he said that he couldn't be the face of the sport because he uses an interpreter. Which is a ridiculous. Awful take. <laughs> awful take. It's just ridiculous. I mean, this baseball isn't... Yes, it's in America's pastime, but baseball is played all over the world. And this guy is the greatest baseball player on the planet. So I don't care what language he's speaking... Or if he needs an interpreter, it doesn't matter. Worldwide, Otani is the face of baseball right now. And if you don't believe me, go look at how much his All-Star Game jersey is being auctioned for $111,000. The next closest guy is 2000 <laughs> or 5000 I think. Uh, there just was an article today. Um, there's a memorabilia company. Um, God, what's the name of the company? fanatics or something like that uh they said otani has like sold 20 times the amount of memorabilia in the last two months that any other player has so like it's not even a debate and yeah it doesn't it's a it's a world game it's an international game there's players from all over the world and that's growing and and getting more prevalent in our game and to say that you have to speak english to be the face of this game is just ridiculous. Yeah. And obviously he ate his, I feel like a lot of these shows, sometimes they try to say things that are going to generate a conversation or buzz, but that was not (laughs) the way to do it. (laughs) I think you can have a conversation about him or draw comparisons to Babe Ruth or, you know, discuss anything about him. But I think that that was wrong. And obviously he came out and apologized, but it's like you said it, and you, it's a thought that you had. And I think he said, with all the violence being perpetrated against the Asian community, my comments, um, unintentional, were clearly insensitive and regrettable. Yeah, worse than that. I mean, <laughs> honestly, and the other thing is, like, he doesn't know, like, maybe, and I don't know this either, but maybe Otani's, like, working really hard and trying to learn English and in the process of, of doing that. You know, there's been so many players who come out or managers um, and talk about, you know, I think it's Ozzy, your your boy, Ozzy, always talks about Love how Ozzie proud can. he is and, and how much it means to him to go through the steps in the process to become a U.S. citizen. And right. He always talks about how how um, 
you know, how much that means to him. And Yasiel Puig did it. And, and there's been several guys right. who have gone through the process and really take pride in it. And we don't know what Otani's doing. And we don't know if he's... And it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because what he's doing, if you're a fan, do you really... I mean, okay, he has an interpreter. Great. Does, so it doesn't affect you. Like, yeah. you have an interpreter so you can know his comments after the game. So you're missing out on nothing Mm -hmm. And he's representing for, you know, kids that are watching baseball and they see him and think, oh, that can be me. And we mentioned it with Tiger Woods when we watched his documentary, you know, young kids being able to see a golfer that looks like them. Or even yeah. when we had Micah Johnson on here with his art and being able to show representation for his nephew with, oh, you know, can I be an astronaut? I don't know if they normally look like me. So yeah. To make that comment, you know, when so many kids look up to these players and, and look for someone to admire, I think it was completely wrong. And I got a little news. A lot of guys that have interpreters don't always necessarily need interpreters. I, I've played <laughs> with several guys who are more than capable and fully able to have a full-blown conversation in English, but they still do their media with their interpreter in Spanish, just because that's what, that's how they're, they're more comfortable having that conversation with media through their interpreter. Well, also their fans that were, that's their yeah, native language 100%, watching 100%, an interview yeah. and then they can put it on the news yep. and people can hear. Cause sometimes the translation gets a little, you know, it's more authentic to hear exactly what they want to say. Yep. And so I can see that side too, wanting to do the interview. Yeah. For a lot of their fans, so. Yeah, I just, that was just poor. That was that was tough to hear, um, especially with, you know, how much buzz he's creating for the game of baseball right now. Like, very, very undeserving. And Otani, you 100% are the face of baseball right now. Yeah. No doubt. Just even him coming up in the derby at the entire place on their feet, filming, so excited, and even obviously making history in the all-star game Yep. as pitcher hitter. Yeah. Like it's just before we get an all-star game though, I do want to say one of the coolest things and one of the more impressive performances was Trey Mancini. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And inspirational, uh, just couldn't be more happy for Trey. I haven't, I've, I've, haven't met Trey. Mm -hmm. uh, I've talked to him at first base a couple times. Don't really know him, but everyone who does know him talks so highly of him. And it was just awesome. I thought it was just lined up and I, I had no doubt in my mind he was going to win the Derby and he fell a little short, but it was still such a cool thing watching him compete and go out there and launch homers oh all gosh. over the place like he was the most impressive one for me yeah because I don't get to see him play that often and right. watching him go oppo center left just hammering balls and then his entire story behind it it just that was incredible for me and he's not that far removed from his chemo treatments no. and it's just yeah I have chills thinking about it and was rooting for him I know rooting obviously hard, you yeah. said Salvador Perez was your underdog, but, you know, watching him and I really thought he had it. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of, the, I mean, even just being there and doing it is incredible. But I was thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be one of those baseball moments that just kind of writes the story and it's yep. crazy. And yep. even just making it to the end is, is unreal. And so I yeah, think super cool. Yeah. Everyone yeah. was rooting for him for sure. For sure. All right. Let's get into... The All-Star Game. Game day. The reason we're here. Game day. Big game day. Well, for those of you that don't know, game day starts with a uh, pretty big day for the girls. Uh, it's the, well, this here in Colorado is the purple carpet. and uh, <laughs> Unless you're Max Muncy, then it's the blue carpet. <laughs> then it's the blue carpet. He was like, everything's blue for me. So. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, Kelly is like days away from... Not unfortunately, but we're, we well, missed not her unfortunately. for sure. Unfortunately for her accompanying Max I on know. the blue purple carpet. She did try to ask her doctor, and yeah. I think it was met with a... No, <laughs> but yeah, it was a hard no. Like your little girl's coming soon. So I know. Um, but for the girls, this is a big day. Uh, court was up at 
7 a.m. getting ready, uh, doing all our thing, um, getting all jazzed out. You know, we get to wear... We get to wear a suit, which doesn't happen very often. Um, I know with your sweatsuits now, you don't really yeah. get to show off your... So we get to get dressed up. And then, you know, I will say in 2017 in Miami, you know, it was like a three-mile parade in the back of a truck. And we got to see all the fans and throw stuff out. And this one... We didn't know until we were ready. Yeah, we had no idea. That it, but it there was, was a not a parade. I was applying my SPF thinking <laughs> I was going to be fried in an yeah. hour and a half parade around Denver. Yeah, and this one was uh, extremely condensed. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was cool, obviously, and I'm sure you've seen all the photos that we've been posting. I've been a real, I've been jamming your gram. I really was. have. <laughs> I might post a little more today. It was hours of preparation <laughs> and getting ready and about and seven minutes of get a over <laughs> get over to the chop house. We waited about another oh, hour. Yeah. And then they announced us and it was it literally was like six minutes walk down the carpet in the stadium and over and it felt like so much preparation and time right. getting ready for such little More uh, for me, yeah. I text you. I was like, are you awake? I'm almost ready. And you're like, oh, I'm ready to go. So you got ready very quickly. But I actually, so you did your Instagram live the day, I think after you were named to the All-Star Game, Saturday yeah. maybe. And I wrote a comment and I said, do you think Courtney will find a dress? And because I said, I hope prayers up. I it's hope. such a big moment. And obviously we take a lot of pride in the All-Star Game and everything around it. And the dress is a big deal. Obviously, we haven't really had any of big events to go to and dress up. So, And everyone loved your dress, by the way. But yes. they Little did they know. <laughs> little did they know the <laughs> chaos behind the scenes. So I found this number. dress. I don't know. I found this dress online that was so, so, so perfect. And I, I hopefully, well, I returned it. But I hopefully will one day have an event that I can wear it to. But... I'm tracking it. So I order it on Revolve, which the gals will know this website. Normally, if you order in LA by noon, you get it the next day. You don't have to rush ship or anything. I ordered it Saturday morning before noon, but it said we'll ship out Monday to get there Tuesday. And it said guaranteed by noon. Well, we had to be ready by 11, but you know, I love a challenge. So I just was thinking, okay, this is going to be fine. It's going to get there. But I think the day before, Monday, I went and just grabbed a dress, my green dress that I ended up wearing, um, the Allison Olivia dress, and was still tracking my other dress. 9.47, I get a FedEx thing that says delivered. I'm like, yes, perfect. It's here. So I have you text um, the woman that was pretty much running the all-star game yeah. and you know, say, oh, can you bring the package up or can we come down and grab it? It was just delivered. And she delivers the unfortunate news that all the packages were intercepted by MLB and brought off site like to a screening. Hour, like an hour away, UPS. Yes. So brought to a screening. Obviously, there was the little, not little, um, potentially major security issue with the nearby hotel. Yeah, I'm sure everyone heard about that. Yeah. So I think there's already increased security with any event like this. And I think it was just increased much more. So there was no dress. I thought it was a joke. And I wore my back up and everyone was very, very sweet and kind and loved it. And I felt great in it. It was very hot that day. So when I originally thought that we were going to be doing a parade, I was going to probably be in a puddle of sweat in my other dress <laughs> because it was long sleeve and very heavy. But that one worked out and we coordinated with our lovely green. But of all things, MLB intercepting my dress. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make it. So then I get back from the seven minute red cart purple carpet. And what is sitting in my <laughs> my hotel room, my dress in a box. So <laughs> they went through it and by the time we had got back to the room and you did media and all that. Yeah. I, it was there in all its glory. And I will say I put it on and I had a moment. Did you? I, well, I tried it on because if I end up wanting to wear it to a gala next year, I just wanted to know what did size. Did you take a picture? I didn't take a photo. Uh, it's, I did the click, click in my head and I oh, know what yeah, it looks like. Yeah. Got it. It's heavy. It it's looked heavy. Of, it's so heavy. It looked heavy. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. It worked out. It's fine. But of course, in true Courtney, my package gets jacked. 
and shows up right after the event. So it was fun. And yeah, like you mentioned, the All-Star Game was a little watered down from previous years. Normally there's a lot of events after everything, the parade, which I, okay, the COVID thing, the COVID thing, um, I get it. You can't really, you don't want to have events, but then if you saw what I posted of me walking on the concourse, I have never felt more trapped in a crowd since I went to yeah, like freaking Woodstock 20 years ago. I didn't go to Woodstock, but it was shoulder to shoulder on the concourse and hot and sticky and sweaty. And I was just thinking this is a COVID breeding ground, but that's fine. And it actually ended up being a little bit of a COVID breeding ground, but I just, <laughs> I didn't get the no. It was actually kind of nice because now we're a little older and maybe we're a little too old to be going out after events. But I did pack and prep and think that we were going to be going to these kind of like after red carpet events. So I brought all of this stuff and I realized I needed to pack maybe a third of what I brought. Yeah. But it was fun. And again, we were grateful to be there. Take it away. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand the uh, jam packed almost 60,000 people. Yes, it was wild to see. I mean, for the home run derby, they had the most people they've ever had in right. Coors Field Stadium, but then they made the 10 year old kids on the field wear masks. So <laughs> I just don't, I didn't. Yeah. Get it. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, of the 60,000, how many do you think booed you for the pregame? Uh, probably... Fifty nine thousand nine hundred and twenty. <laughs> okay, so just Dodger fans and some Mets fans, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. I knew we. So it was myself, Walker, and CT on the line, and we were kind of talking about it, like, "Hey, we're probably gonna get booed," you know, whatever. And then when they announced us and the boos came, uh, it was almost funny. And you know, they went by all three of us. And we kind of all just looked at each other and said, well, I guess we're doing something right, you know, if they're booing us that loud here. So, well, it um, reminded me of Chase in standing on the lawn. Well, he took York. it. He, that was robotic and I don't think very he impressive. for two no, minutes. Did <laughs> they did not in the Mets. Uh, what was that? NL. CS. DS. Yes. Yes. I've repressed that memory, but they go and they're announcing him in New York. In New York. Yeah, pregame. After the slide. Yes, yes, yes. And the camera just stops on Chase, and he just stone faces the camera. You at least waved and smiled. That was one of the loudest boos I've ever heard in my life. For Chase? Yes. Oh, yeah. That was, was crazy. That was terrible. I mean, we and had full security blink. around it. It was that was a wild series. But let's dial it back a little. Uh, it's probably, you obviously mentioned being in the hotel with guys from different teams or guys that you admire, but what is it like prepping for a game, the all-star game with not really your norm? I mean, I guess you have your coaches there, but not really your normal crew. Are you like ever doing some curls for the girls and you look over <laughs> and see someone on another team and they're doing something kind of wacky or is it pretty, did you kind of keep it consistent? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did my normal stuff. I did some stuff in the training room. I sat in the hot tub and the cold tub with Trey Turner and Chris Bryant. So we were just, you know, you guys take a selfie or anything. No, oh, no. wow. Okay. That would have been gold though. I know. See, been, I needed to be there. The well, I don't want to be in the hot tub with you guys, but I should have been there to be like, get that photo. Yeah. I was kind of doing creeper photos everywhere. Oh, we were you? Yeah. Like yeah, I would do the little though, ride in the tunnel sense. and yeah. I'm like doing the little snap. I don't know. It's what uh, people want to see. Think, I didn't even bring my phone in there. I was just. Why well, don't is that frowned moment. upon to bring your phone yeah. in the hot tub with some dudes? I, I mean, I think you're not supposed to have your phone in the training room anyway. That's like a old school rule. Oh, I mean, most guys do to be more focused on your. Well, like your, you definitely can't take a phone call in the training room. But That's guys like do, big, right? No, or they no, don't. But guys bring their phones in and they'll like play Candy Crush if you're laying yeah, there doing or some balls stuff. or like Twitter. Or I know whatever. you love your balls game. Um, so yeah, so I, I went in the, in the hot tub and the cold tub and Trey and, and Chris Bryant were in there and that was cool talking to them. Um, then I was in the training room for a little bit with Scherzer who was like kind of just hanging out, getting ready. Cause he was starting the game, obviously. And what we is he like before the game? Is he loose or serious or? So I didn't know because obviously playing with Clayton on start day and knowing how serious and locked in he is not to talk to him really 
Um, so I wasn't sure with Scherzer because I remember in the All-Star game in 17, uh, right before the game, I went to give him like a fist bump and he didn't, he wouldn't even like, he wouldn't even give me a fist bump because he was so locked in and it wasn't just me. It's nobody like nobody gets to touch him before he's going out. So that would make me feel so sad yeah, and defeated but, and like really stupid. <laughs> so staunched me. I'm in the training room and he walks in and I'm just like, I don't know if it's like a Kershaw situation or I don't know if he's just going to like start chatting it up or what. So, um, he actually started talking and we were hanging out and having conversations, just talking about different hitters and different pitchers and, so that was cool. And and this is, by the way, the highlight of the All-Star game is just getting to, like, be around players from different clubs in different settings, like of the clubhouse and the dugout and the batting cage. And I feel so, like you thrive in that because you're already such a social person that just loves to bop around and talk to everyone. So to have new, fresh meat to talk to, yeah. I feel like you that is your no, it time was, to shine. It was awesome. And then I went in the weight room. And I warmed up a little like, bit. Like, what's up with you guys in here? Hello. How's it yeah, going? <laughs> yeah. Not, there wasn't too many guys in the weight room. Uh, Eduardo Escobar uh, was on the bike. and I could not um, stop seeing that guy everywhere. We saw him everywhere. So many times. Yeah. I saw him more than I saw myself. Yeah. And I think, who's the other guy <laughs> in there? I think Freddie he Peralta was very might sweet, have been in there. By the way. Escobar is awesome. Yeah. What a what a great dude. I had no idea that this was his first All-Star game. Yeah. He puts up monster numbers every year. He drives in 100 runs. He hits 30 homers. And he told me that it was his first All-Star game. And I was like, no freaking way. That's crazy. That was mind-blowing. Well, that was one of the cool things this year was there 40, was a record. Yeah. 40 first-time All-Stars. That's phenomenal i mean that just tells you the state of the game like we're in a really good place but then you kind of want to be like i promise it's normally like events (laughs) and like a a parade like yeah usually keep it up for next year more (laughs) celebratory events going on yeah other than just the baseball stuff yeah um but yeah i I think the where i spent the most time was in the food room (laughs) at the tables eating and and just like kind of telling stories and talking to guys and asking questions about their coaching staff and what they do and other players and, you know, checking in with the Cubs guys on jock and seeing what they think of him. And that didn't matter. He's now a brave. He's now a brave, but (laughs) yeah, I think that, that was just the, that's the best part. And then, you know, you go in the batting cage, which was nice this year because our coaching staff was with us. So I didn't have to like do anything different, like, Brant Brown and Rob Manskoyich and Aaron Bates are in there. So I just got to go in and do my normal routine and they knew exactly what I Is their facility really nice or updated or? Oh my God. (laughs) So we talked about how nice the locker room was in Texas during the bubble. Like unbelievably. I can tell you all about the right field corner and the route to the bus and that's it. (laughs) This was, I thought it was a close second. Compared to Texas and Max and CT and a couple other guys thought that the Rockies clubhouse was actually better than the Rangers clubhouse. Oh, wow. Did they yeah, do an was, update? They did. Two years ago, they completely redid the whole thing. But not on the visitor side yet. No, 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 no. Not on the, it's kind of like a new Wrigley home clubhouse, old Wrigley clubhouse, like oh, that wow. situation. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, You're like, may I get ready over here for the next series? The home side, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The home side is phenomenal and I think what separates it from Texas um and you know CT and and Brownie I think said this was just like the attention to detail throughout like the different like paintings and pictures and the LED lights in the locker room underneath the lockers on top of the lockers the like Rocky Mountain stuff uh all over the place so it was spectacular that's another highlight of going to the all-star game when it's a national league, the home team, you get to see the home oh, clubhouse. Yeah. So like in 17, going to the Marlins home clubhouse mm-hmm. and here going in, uh, the Rockies home club clubhouse. And when Max went to DC for his last all-star game and he- hearing him talk about how awesome that clubhouse was. So, uh, that, that's another, I mean, every aspect of it is amazing and cool, but like, there's so many like cool parts of it that you're just like soaking all in. Yeah, well, and even during the game, you have Dave managing and like your entire coaching staff, obviously completely different dugout. Did you still kind of hang near your regular guys or you try to bop around again? 
Yeah, so me and CT were kind of like sitting on the bench together and Crawford was around and Trey Turner was around and Gosman was was walking around. I got to talk to Wheeler a little bit because, you know, I played with him in New York. Um, and then as the game kind of went on, you know, and uh, and like Castellanos came out, I was talking to Castellanos on the bench for a little bit. And then Juan Soto came over and talking to him. I actually talked to Juan Soto a lot. Um, I have a lot of respect for him as a very, very young, uh, but not so young 22 year old. He's, he's, uh, he's very mature for his age and getting to talk about, you know, baseball and hitting and stuff was, was pretty special. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was cool hanging out in the dugout and seeing the guys and obviously like JT Riomuto hits the homer and, uh, you know, getting to high five them in the dugout. Um, but I think one of the coolest parts of the entire game for me was when I was going up for my first at bat and I'm walking out on deck and Trey Turner was hitting in front of me and he turns around and he goes, dude, this has to be the first time in major league history that two Turners are hitting back to back in the same lineup. (laughs) And you were like, let's go back. And I was like, Oh, and I, I, that's actually what I said. I said, Hey, uh, like if you go deep, I'm, I'm going to try to go right behind you. And he was like, Oh, I think you're asking a little too much of me. (laughs) Oh my God. But yeah, that was, I'll have to look up if that was the first time there was back to back. I don't know. It's not like a, Maybe uncommon name, but are there? Did Trey Turner ever hit like eighth when Jacob Turner was a pitcher? And yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know if he's ever hitting eighth. I don't think Trey ever hit eighth. <laughs> yeah, I'll so. have to look it up. We'll have to. I'll ask our fact checkers over here at Holding Court. Okay, so I'll Google it later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and your first hit. Yeah, you're that was hitting cool. three thirty three in All Star games. Wow, they never want to make another one. <laughs> Just, <laughs> finish it up there don't say that i'm kidding i'm kidding to the moon no that was cool 500 that was cool i hit a it was interesting because it was they had three guys on the left side and it was wit and um tim anderson and i hit it over wit's head barely and i actually ended up getting to second base and they were both standing right there and i said man i'm glad i hit it over your head and not yours tim because i don't know if you've ever seen tim jump but he like jumps through the roof yeah he's fun to watch and he probably would have caught it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i know it was funny to see the shift in the all-star game obviously you're going to manage the game the same as you would have managed but i think it was just wacky to see such extreme shifts happening in the game so interesting story here some behind the scenes uh more bts Dino Ebel is our infield coach, as all you guys know, and he does all the positioning. He literally went up to the infielders before the game and said, hey, I'm not going to tell you where to play. If you guys want to shift guys, you shift guys. If you want to play traditional, it's an all-star game, play traditional. Like, you guys do your thing. We're not going to position you. And then it's just it, – it's, it's habit now. Like, guys come up and you just go – into the shift and you put three guys over and it's just wild that it's just like, it's almost like normal for guys. I forgot who it was, but there was one like super extreme shift or every, it was so far right. I forgot who well, it was. It was kind of early on. Otani oh. to lead off the game. Yes, I mean, yes, everyone's yes. way over. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So 10 out of 10 would recommend another all-star game. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I love that you, especially would. since it's in LA next year. That's true. I wonder where you guys will start the second half of the season. In LA. Wait, is the schedule already out? I think uh, I think that's just how it works. I think the home team, the all-star team, ends in LA and starts in LA. Oh, huh. Because like the Rockies ended in Colorado. I was say, did I miss the schedule coming out already? I feel like that doesn't happen yet. No, that's what the schedule was in 20 when we were supposed to have it. We were ending in oh, LA, okay. starting in LA. So I'm assuming it'll be the same. Yeah. I love that you see it as an honor because I think it's so cool and it I get an so honor. fired up for it. And I know guys have their different reasons of, you know, like guys have been before and they want to be with their families or take the time to rest. Uh, but yeah, I love that you that you love it and yeah. you see it as an honor. And then we still had two days after. Yeah. Too. And then you were fully acclimated to the altitude by then. So yeah, you were just, sure. you were like a local at that point. Seven days, mile high. So we drove, rented a car the next day after the All-Star game and drove to Aspen. 
I'll post some photos. I didn't really take a lot of photos because we were having so much fun. A lot of my mental click, click photos. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like didn't have in, a lot of time like to really like. Like in hall pass like, doing like the click. We didn't have a lot of time to really like. <laughs> yeah, no, hall pass. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I can't, I don't know if I should say it on here. <laughs> Owen Wilson, Just right? Just banking, banking the pictures. Yes, we'll yes. Say that. Banking content. No, I took um, a few. I'll post them. We didn't have a lot of time. We were only there a day and a half. So it wasn't like we just got to really like, you know, take our time and take a bunch of photos and stuff. Like It was beautiful. I had only been. amazing. I had only been working events for X Games before. So I'd only been in the winter. And most of my free time, because we worked really long days, was just going to dinners at night. So I didn't really get to experience it it's popping in the summer months a lot of dogs a lot of people a lot of really good restaurants we had a lot of really good meals i'll tell you what the drive just the drive from denver to aspen in the summer obviously i probably don't recommend it in the winter but uh, snow <laughs> chains on if you do ride, but um we took the the pass i think is what it's called right which is a little bit shorter route to aspen but it's a lot more scenic uh there's a lot of like one car wide roads it reminded us kind of of the road to hana in hawaii mm-hmm. um but just the the views and the scene on the drive in and the drive back was worth going and then obviously once we were in aspen it was amazing the food's incredible the amount of just activeness i guess is the right yeah. word like people just well, colorado in general is just a very yeah, there's active so many place. people so many dogs so many um, dogs one night we got a table right by the window well it was an outdoor kind of space so right by the railing outside and yeah. i said i wanted to people watch to the hostess to serve to seat us and i really just wanted to peep all the dogs so many dogs so many dogs yeah it was just great the food was the food was incredible everyone's so nice um we also wanted to do an active recovery day. And so we rented, they have this free bike program. You can just like download an app and get bike, a 30 minutes free. Yeah. And get a little mountain bike. And we really got our money's worth on this bike ride. Well, it was ex. It, yeah, we did get our money's worth. We cruised around. We didn't know where we were going. I was just kind of following court. They actually had like little bike lane things. Yeah, there really there cool. was like, hey, follow this lane. And we're like, okay, we're, we have no idea where this is taking us. Um, so we were cruising along and uh, we get about 30 minutes into our ride. And I just hear someone scream, Turner. And I kind of like glance over my shoulder, like a little hesitant. And I look and I'm like, man, that guy looks familiar. And then I'm like, uh, whatever. And I kind of keep writing. And then I just hear again, JT. And I turn, <laughs> I stop and I turn around and it was, it was Andre Ethier. <laughs> he was up in Aspen with his family. And so we, uh, we went over and stopped and talked to them. Um, Dre and Maggie, they were on their way to dinner and got to catch actually up with the them. same dinner that we were going to an hour later. So yeah, I was like, where are you guys going? And they're like, Oh, we're going to the sushi place. And we're like, Oh my God the same place so um we ended up eating we didn't eat dinner together but we ate dinner at the same restaurant and they came over at the end they came over at the end and we caught up and it was great he gave us some some insight about the draft because he was the dodgers representative for the mlb draft um he was there in person and he uh gave us some more little behind the scenes info i guess when he picked up the phone it was a fake phone call it was hollywood in in denver oh man yeah they said uh there were i guess there was an incident a few years back and uh someone someone <laughs> i won't say who it was <laughs> someone said the wrong name into the phone and they announced the wrong player it's like steve harvey at miss universe yeah so there was a mishap so i guess uh they told them you know when the phone rings it's just a fake phone call you guys we're not going to give you the opportunity to say the wrong name um, unless it was one of the, there was only six kids that were actually at the draft yeah. uh, who were eligible to be drafted. So if you were one of those teams that drafted one of the six kids, then you actually got a phone call saying like, Hey, you're drafting the kid. Yeah. But everything else was for show. 
So Andre drove down three and a half hours from Aspen to Denver to take a fake phone call and then got back in his car and drove three and a half. But hours. the I told him the photo with the feet up on the desk yeah, is worth the drive. Classic. Honestly, that was so. classic. We were on the plane actually, and I think Lon showed us the photo of him yeah. behind the desk. So. Oh, it's good. No, but it was Aspen was great. Aspen was awesome. I love it. I we need like two weeks there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But not and, for a while. And dogs. <laughs> yes. All righty. Well, I think that's, that'll do it for our recap. I think uh, if you're listening and you have more questions about the All-Star game, you should. Oh, yeah. We're always open we can, to feedback. For maybe sure. our next episode, we can try to answer some questions. Not the type of feedback that the guy wrote to the foundation that I tweeted oh, about, but any other back. <laughs> any other feedback we welcome. As long as you send it to the appropriate email, um, we will respond to it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and friendly reminder, rate and review us on rate Apple and Podcasts and subscribe any way that you're listening so you don't miss an episode. Now that we're back, I should have brought the gear on the road, but we wanted to really just We do had full. so much stuff. We literally had five suitcases. You say we, can but I imagine? really had just my main bag and that was pretty much it. I know, but can you imagine if we had to if we brought all the podcast stuff too? We had five bags. Yeah, that's true. I could have just set up in the hotel lobby and had guys pop on and stuff. That would have been amazing. I would have got you a press pass or whatever and <laughs> like, hey, would you like to come on holding court? And I don't know if I'm like, ready for what? the big time, but we met some podcasters. I know. They yeah. couldn't believe that I had as many reviews as I, I had. I know, I know. They thought I was a fake podcast host. And then they looked it up and they were like, what? It's <laughs> like, yeah, read it and weep, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Who, who produces your show? She's like, uh, yeah, that would be me. I'm like, let me go get her. And then I walk back over. I'm like, hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> all righty. Let you get to work. Yeah, and thank go. you all for listening. And we will talk to you next week. I promise. See ya. Bye.